What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the I Am Icon podcast. I am your host, Icon Falcon. Episode 8. To the right of me is my right-hand man, my cameraman, and your cameraman too, Cameraman Steve. What's going on, baby? What's happening? Episode 8. Man, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I was like, it feels like we've been doing this for like 100 episodes. I promise you it does. But I was like, how arrogant of you. <laughs> Just seven episodes ago, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. <laughs> you see you see what happened when people get so comfortable, they they confidence be like, I don't have to study, dog. <laughs> I, 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 I was built for this. Episode eight, man, two away from double digits, uh, obviously, but two away from double digits, man. I feel like we, we got to do like a special promo or something. I don't know, some type of in-house celebration or something. The fact that we was able to bust down 10, 10 episodes, that's over two. That's over two months worth of, worth of material the way that we rock it right now, right? Uh Kind of, kind of a funny feeling, uh, honestly, because it was a point where, well, we still trying to figure it out, uh, clearly because our mics did not work on the first take when we started today, uh, so we're we're still trying to figure this out. But with all that being said, man, it's like, um, I look at some of the equipment we have, the mics we have, we got, you know, laptops, cameras, like it just, it just the lights, man, it just feels good. It feels right. It feels like, uh, you know, I look at, you know, how we first started. I'm not sweating no more. You know, my palms is, you know, I just get in here and just, what are we talking about? I don't even need, I don't even read the no notes. <laughs> I don't even read from the notes no more. I just go off, you know? Uh, but no, uh, uh, it, it feels good to be here. But uh, before we go anywhere, we have got to talk about cameraman Steve performance last podcast. Fam. Fam. <laughs> Yo, they about to start calling me cameraman Falcon in this moment. <laughs> Yo. Yo, I got hit up. Yo, yo, I, I swear on everything I love. I was hit up and people was like, yo, all you needed to do is give cameraman Steve the ball. Yo, what, why, why you was holding cameraman Steve? Why you want him behind the camera? I was like, yo, <laughs> yo, people was like, yo, I think that that hands down. Not, I, I feel like I say this all the time and people say I do say it all the time. But then they also double down and be like, yo, you right. This was the best episode. I, I told you, I said, yo, this is the best episode. And I was like, it's the best episode because I'm trying to tell you, like, I felt like I felt like I was watching uh scotty pippen just go off <laughs> like fail i was like what i wasn't even expecting none of that i didn't i didn't see none of that coming i just man that was a beautiful episode it was dope uh cameraman steve gave it up last episode uh it was so bad i, I was like i wonder how much he's worth in the trade at this point <laughs> He tried to shit about to be called Icon Steve. <laughs> this shit about to be called I am Icon Steve. <laughs> this man gotta relax. <laughs> but no, man, I yo, he did a hell of a job and 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 this is why. This is why when I say uh 
episode eight, these are some of the things I think about and how far we've come. Uh, just simple things like that of not just the episode, but just, you know, how, how much some, we, you know, we put into it and just the perspectives and what, what things we do have perspectives on and what things that, you know, some of our perspectives may, forces us to think about. Uh, uh, I'm extremely appreciative of, of you, cameraman, Steve, man, you know, you're my brother. So I can, I, I'm going to say that to you every day, but man, love is love. Appreciate you. <sighs> Episode eight. We need a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> we need a rebound, cameraman, Steve. <laughs> All right, so check me out, right? So I I, I do therapy, right? I, I do therapy every two weeks, uh, you know, uh, which I think, you know, if you can, and it sucks to say this uh, because of the world we live in. If you can afford it, I think everybody should do therapy. Um, I wish they would uh, find a way to offer it to the masses. I think it should be mandatory in all healthcare, you know, um, so forth and so on but uh so i do therapy every two weeks and uh this last therapy session the conversation was uh about entrepreneurship and what made me want to be an entrepreneur or how i became an entrepreneur um and i honestly didn't know the answer to that because i don't i didn't know right so we just started talking about life uh and the conversation boiled down to uh, pretty much my therapist telling me you've been surviving your whole life. You have, you've never lived your life. And I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like I'm here. So I'm living. <laughs> she was like, no. Uh, she said, you've been surviving your whole life. You, you didn't live just live your life. Living your life is enjoying your life, appreciating every aspect of it, and actually doing what you want to do, taking control over it. Like what happens next is what you says happens next, not what your environment says happens next. <clears throat> she said, what you've been doing is surviving. You have been making decisions based off of your environment and things that you have been forced to uh to either dodge or force to just be a part of um uh, and we just started breaking it down uh of why that was right so to to bring it in perspective majority of us come from the same neighborhood right no matter what the name of the neighborhood is it's the same neighborhood you grew up with abandoned buildings you know uh dope fiends dope dealers you know uh dope boys, whatever you want to call it, game bangers, you know, whatever you want to call it, just, just name some, some variables. And I'm pretty sure we all have the same variables in our neighborhoods. Um, and you know, these are things that I didn't want to be a part of. Right. So you, you, you have to find an alternate route. You have to find something else to do. Right. And so that's what I chose to do. Well, <clears throat> the way that I was raised, that was kind of hard to do as well. And not that I come from a family of, you know, drug dealers or drug users, or anything like that. Uh, I think the, my, so the thing that I survived the most, um, uh, in, 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 in my life and childhood is identity crisis, right? 
not knowing who I was, not feeling like I was good enough for anything, not feeling like I was good enough for anybody. Right. And this was as a child. So God knows, you know, what that turned into as a teenager and young man. Uh, so identity crisis and that that was that I felt like we got down to the bottom line of that being uh, built from uh, the feeling of neglect. Right. Uh, the neglect of family, you know, mother, father, whichever one you want to pick. Uh, I've never had a, you know, never knew my father, but uh, the neglect of my mother because she was so focused on, you know, another man uh, that uh, she didn't have the energy to uh, to give to two different people, you know, myself and whomever else she was loving. Um, so you look at other people, uh, to give you, uh, what you were lacking and they didn't have enough in them to give you either. Um, and understand that this is at a time where emotional intelligence is not a thing, right? No one understood. No one talked about that in our neighborhoods. No one talks about, I mean, they still don't talk about it in our neighborhoods and the ones that do really don't really fully understand it a lot of the times. And some of them do, but please don't let me not, not the ones that do. But, uh, so I, I spent my whole childhood trying to impress people. That's what that turned into. I spent my childhood trying to impress my mother. Didn't work. Spent my childhood trying to impress other family members. Didn't work. So what do you do? You take that shit to school. Now you start trying to impress everybody in school. It it worked, but it didn't work. It worked because when you're the class clown, they're always going to give you the attention because you're doing something that they know they would never fucking do. They know you're doing something that they can't do because when they go home, it's a little different. So it worked, but it didn't work. It didn't work because it affects you in different, different ways. You know what they do to people like that? Uh, uh, when, when you take shit like that to school and you start acting like that in school, there's these classes they put you in and these labels they put, they, they put on you. Right. And there's this uh, this medication they they want to recommend to you because uh, they say you're you're not you're you're not acting like the others, right? Ironically, we had school counselors in the schools. I wouldn't call them therapists per se, but they were supposed to be able to. Uh, notice uh trends and notice what was going on with kids and make recommendations but ironically every recommendation was medication and separation so that happened uh so that's where the sh that's where it kicked off from identity crisis so you 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 find you find yourself trying to uh trying to find somewhere to fit in at. So you just start trying shit and doing shit and trying shit and doing shit until the point where you just started 
you find a way to start living for yourself. But a lot of the times, by the time you get to that point, it's like you damn near in your late 20s. Because you done fumbled the ball so much prior to that that you really trying to play play cleanup, if anything. Because you done fucked up so much. If that makes any sense to, to the people out there, right? Like, think about it. <clears throat> you, you start off, you start your life trying to impress people to receive something that you feel like you've been missing. So you go outside and you start trying to 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 get that same energy. Let me tell you one thing about the streets. They're going to give you what you're looking for. The, the worst part about it is no one told me there was collateral damage that came with it too. They're going to give you that plus some more. So I got outside and I just started trying shit, man. I, once you, once I came to the realization that I, there is no love here for me and I'm never going to get what I need here, I just start went out. I just went outside and just start trying shit. Like I was like I was so damn insecure with so many different things, myself, my mental, my emotional shit. Just name it. I was insecure as hell. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't. Like, I, I promise you, it, sad to say, majority of my life, most of the people that probably tried to love me outside of that, I probably destroyed. I'm, I'm, I, I can be honest about that. Uh, I'm secure enough in, in, in myself as a man to admit that. Not proud of it, but I can admit it. So... You go into survival mode when, once you get out here and just start trying shit. Shit, I met cameraman Steve after I graduated high school. It was it was me, cameraman Steve, and a bunch of other, and a group of other young men. We uh, shit, I think we were all lost at the time. <laughs> we was at the same house, but we were still lost. <laughs> But I think that was like the best time of my life, finally. Like, because we were all black men that were probably lost from something. But as as a group in the same house or wherever we was at, it was like we were complete. If that makes sense. What you think, Cameron? Steve? No, I agree. Right. I mean, we all still to this day, but. At that time, specifically, we all carried a different personality trait that when all of us put our personality traits together, the shit was like unstoppable, scary, damn near unstoppable, unstoppable to the point where everybody started gravitating towards us. <laughs> like everybody started staying at this one house. <laughs> like, like, bro, you stay here too. <laughs> this shit was like the Salvation Army. Like, <laughs> Right, like, listen, the cameraman Steve. That and look, man, I applaud this guy because every time I see him, I'll be like, "Bro, you ain't, you still ain't turned to ain't shit, nigga." <laughs> like, like, cameraman Steve has always been the utmost honest, and respectful, and the gentleman 
I was the opposite, bro. <laughs> like, right? It, I think it was a couple of us. Like, we tried our hardest to get Cameraman Steve to make the wrong decisions. I've never seen a black man be so honest in my life. I was like, who raised you? <laughs> like, I remember, we ain't gonna get too specific, but I remember we had to, we had to put Cameraman Steve in situations and lock the door and say, you ain't coming out. <laughs> you not coming <laughs> I remember this shit like yesterday. The best time of times of my life. The best times of my life, man. Right? Uh, and I think that's where my uh my my survival instincts really hit its peak. Right? Uh because once again, we were all a bunch of young men. This is prior to, obviously, we, we I just graduated high school. Uh, Caraman Steve and the rest of the fellows, I think they were probably one year behind me, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they was going to graduate next. And everybody was real life just trying to figure out what we were going to do next. And I went off to the military. Well, and a couple of others went off to the military as well. Cameraman Steve did what upstanding black gentlemen do. He went to damn college. <laughs> <laughs> he went to damn college. You damn. <laughs> Let the government trick you. <laughs> Let them get your money. Nah, shout out to A&T. You're a graduate of A&T, right? Yes, sir. Cameraman Steve, Cameraman Steve is an Aggie. Um, A&T, uh, shout out, what up? Uh, and boom. And then after that, here we are. We still come back together. And uh, we still, I still feel like we, we, we still in the same place of like, okay, what we do now? <laughs> still trying to figure it out. Still trying to figure it out. Right? The survival shit. So the, tell me what was the survival what did survival look like to you uh between your teenage years all the way up into college Ooh, that's a good question survival for me because you didn't come from a family full of money mm -mm. i came from your typical middle class standard family Mm -hmm. uh not too rich not too poor like just straight down the middle mm -hmm. so um if we did have problems my parents didn't let it be known to me so my survival in high school was passing classes that's it it wasn't much for me mm -hmm. um going to college survival was <laughs> tell the truth <laughs> survival in college was more like don't do get drunk. Don't do, don't do nothing too crazy. Yeah. Still pass your classes and um, still figuring it out. Um, I went to college. I graduated from college. Mm -hmm. um, but even during college, I was like, is this for me? What am I doing? Yeah. But I didn't have a plan B. So how do you maintain with, so with all of this, even as the type of personality that you have, how do you, and all the pressures of the world, 
you know, being a black man, college, you know, still trying to be successful and all these things that, you know, we as black men want and then we as humans just want. How do you still maintain a level mentality and don't uh, and don't let it uh, take over you, per se? That's hard, Um, because like you said, figuring it out in high school. We're still trying to figure it out now, but it's a different kind of different kind of figuring figuring it out. out. Yep. Yeah. We, me and you both have the mindset of like, you know, we'll, we'll keep the nine to five to have some constant income, but Mm -hmm. we would rather, you know, have supplemental income, do our own thing like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody's not on that wave, you know, I mean, everybody can't be a boss. Everybody isn't meant to be a boss. You know, that's a fact. If everybody is a boss, who's, you know, who's going to be the foot soldiers. Um, so, but me and you had that mindset of, want to do our own thing and now it's just a matter of execution and figuring out we know what the end goal is just figuring out how to get there where where exactly did uh and i don't know if we talked about this uh but where exactly or where or how or when did you figure out that you wanted to be your own Boss. Oh, I've been waiting for somebody to <laughs> a- ask me this for a long time. Take this shit off, Steve. I've been waiting for somebody to ask for I was, co- I was in college, yo, senior year. Yo, he, he started so fast. I, I lie to you not. I remember telling my roommate, uh, who was one of my best friends, close friends. We're still close to this day. I remember telling him, like, man, I can't wait to have the dress shirt, the tie, mm-hmm. get my coffee, mm-hmm. going into work, mm-hmm. sitting down at my desk, mm-hmm. doing this, going home. <laughs> as soon as I got my first career job, which is my first job ever was probably the best job I've ever had. Uh-huh. But then it really hit me like, this isn't like what they show on TV shows. Facts. Like, it's politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a, you can work with people you don't like. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got to be here on time every <laughs> single day. And, you know, and it just, some people just don't like, for me, I, and, and it just comes from, your style as a boss or a manager, whatever you want to call it. For me, um, get your work done. I don't care if you come in at 12 right. and you leave at 3. Right. If your work is done, your work is done. Mm-hmm. But my first job helped me realize, like, there, there's egos out here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got in at 805, we need you here at 8. <laughs> Bro, like five minutes, really? Like, but I got my work done. But you, you want to talk about my five minutes being late, but you don't want to talk about my 35 minutes that I stayed after yeah. the day before. Yeah. So that's when I realized, like, nah, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's I, I don't like to use the word fair because I don't think life is fair. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's just, it, it was just stuff like that. I, just, I was like, nah, this isn't for me. Well, so you, and you make a great point, right? So it's that kind of thinking that we consider or entrepreneurs consider innovative mm-hmm. thinking, right? Because just because there's a standard doesn't make that the standard. Yeah. Right. We standards are made to be pushed, mm-hmm. right? You can always create new standards. So cameraman Steve made a great example. And I think we've seen this over matter of fact, a great, a great example of this is during the pandemic. Cameron Steve makes a great point. Like fam, like, do you really need to stay eight to five to get your job done <laughs> right right i understood i understand that was a standard yes but do you really need to stay 
nine to five, eight to five? If we take a poll, I guarantee you there's not too many people that would say I work the full eight hours, like straight, not necessarily straight through, but I just work. And it's going to people take their break. They're going to go to the bathroom. They in the office. They're going to stop by their home girl, mm-hmm. homeboy office, stop, chop it up. Like, but Facts. yeah, not Facts. too many people working. 100%. 100%. And that, so, and once again, you make a great point because once, like I was referring to, like during pandemic, um, the, we clearly went from in, in office to virtual. Yeah. Right. And I think that showed uh that changed the standard now yeah right uh the standard changed a lot because motherfuckers was like fam we don't need all these meetings <laughs> right right <laughs> right like fam like not only do we not need all these meetings why is there a hundred thousand people on one meeting and only three people talking exactly right yeah. <clears throat> so you know people like uh I give Elon Musk credit for that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Elon Musk was one of those ones that made sure that uh, people who work for Tesla was like, fam, if you don't need to be in the meeting, do not be, don't have the meeting, right? Don't, there's no need for you to be in the in the meeting if you're not part of the meeting, you're not saying anything, you're not contributing it, uh, and contributing anything. Like, uh, so you I think so. You so like I said, you make a great point. I think, <clears throat> granted, I I mine more so came from, like we said, the survival and trying and failing. But that was another part. When I started getting into like some of these nine to fives, it became like, yo, this is stupid. But because someone appointed you. Uh, you're who I'm supposed to listen to. All right, I'm about. To, all right, I'm gonna get in and I'm gonna get out because this can go really good or this can go really bad. All right. When I joined the military, <laughs> I said this is go really good or this go really bad. I experience what cameraman Steve is referring to firsthand. That was kind of. Not my whole career. I did 10 years in the Marines. So that was probably about 9.5% years of my career. Uh, And I love the Marine Corps. All right. Fam, save my life. Love the military. Save my life. Oh, now y'all, I'm grateful for it. But one thing I will say, I've had, I had the hardest time in the military. Right. And some of my superiors at that, time will probably you know tell you like i'll even in boot camp i try to fight the fucking drill instructor like fam like it's my career like god showed me like son what are you doing <laughs> like i try to fight the drill instructor fam like the whole nine yards uh like my whole career was like saying yo this is stupid what are we doing why are we doing this why do you this is stupid right granted there was a lot a, a, a lot more uh, lessons in, in there as well, right? Sometimes you don't know. Um, you may not always know the lesson or you may not be, uh, uh, you may not know the lesson that you're supposed to learn. Just do the job. And you'll learn the lesson somewhere down the road. But yeah, fuck all that. <laughs> I ain't trying to. Fam, what are we doing? Why am I running outside in the rain? <laughs> it's 
cold. Man, what lesson is this? <laughs> please, sir. Can you please just tell me the goddamn answer? Because I don't want to be outside right now, fam. Right? Why am I running in boots, bro? <laughs> what part of combat? Okay, now my. I said this goes really good. Really, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna back back, right? Um, but with all that said, man, I you know simplify uh, to all the Marines listening. Um, I love my brothers. Uh, but <clears throat> once again, also I I I was uh privileged enough to uh go to war in Afghanistan, and I say privileged uh. Uh, because anybody who's ever been in the military will understand everyone doesn't have the opportunity. Um, it's it's kind of a weird statement. If you was in the military, you'll understand. Um, but, you know, uh, I had the privilege of going overseas uh, to uh, Afghanistan uh, to fight in, uh, excuse me, uh, Afghan war. Uh, and same thing over there. I'm not going to lie to you. I ain't going to hold you. There was a moment. We were on a convoy over there. And <laughs> listen, man, I just use my fucking brain sometimes. God gave it to me. There's a the, the truck in front of me <laughs> is driving. And like we're all driving five miles an hour. Right, we 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 are truck limbs, uh, apart from each other, and something falls off that truck. I think it's like a tire. My A driver that's sitting to the right of me, <clears throat> he he radios up to uh the commanding uh vehicle and say, hey, such and such, you know, such such fell off the truck. So we halt the convoy and. And guess what they said? Uh, truck such and such, which was us. Uh, get out the truck and retrieve that item. In the middle of the desert of Afghanistan, where niggas get shot, get mortared, get blown up. Uh, I mean, just name it. That's just what they do over there. <clears throat> so <laughs> this goes into cameraman Steve's point. Right. I don't care who you are. I'm not getting the fuck out the truck. <laughs> My brain says I could die. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just fucking move this combo here on because I'm not getting out. There's nothing you can say to me right now that's going to make me get out this truck. What are you going to do? Kick me out? Fuck it. Let's do it when we get back. Let's go. <laughs> right. And it was just. It was moments like that where it's like, fam, it's a fucking tire. I get it. Got it. All right. Listen, young, stupid corporal, young, stupid sergeant, whatever I was at the time. Get it. You know, they'll tell you, hey, they can retrieve the item and turn it to IED and use it against us. Da, da, da. I got it. I'm not getting out the fucking truck, though. And this would go really good or really bad. So I'm gonna stop right there. But that that goes into so I, I saw with Cameron Steve. That is also uh one of the biggest things that made me uh step up and say, I, I this entrepreneurship is for me because I I'm not good at taking orders. And as great as I am, as I as thankful as I am to the military and 
and as grateful as I am, I fucking hated taking orders. Because all due respect, because I ran into some great people, man. Uh, I did have a chance to have some great leaders. But I also had a lot more fuckheads as leaders who, who it's like you said, they never led anything or was never in charge of anything. So now you put them in charge of something, they just go charge crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they treat you like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you ain't from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, boy, hey, hey, God, this is go really right or really wrong. Listen, I don't think y'all recognize when I was in the military. So let me put this in perspective for you. I joined the military in 2008. 2008. uh, 9-11, I don't know how many years before then, 9-11 had happened. 9-11 had happened, clearly. Um, and you know, fast forward. Now we in two thousand and eight. They, the United States needed people to join the military so bad. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how this happened. How this worked. They needed people to join the military so bad. They started giving waivers for everything. Everything. You stupid, there's a waiver for that. <laughs> you smoke weed, there's a waiver for that. Physical, you, you you suck physically, there's a waiver for that. You too fat, there's a waiver for that. Too skinny, there's, they gave a waiver for everything. You in the gangs, there's a waiver for that. You do drugs, there's a waiver for that. Everything. So guess what happens? And 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 them damn recruiters was not in um Palm Beach recruiting. They was right there on the south side in Raleigh North. They was out there in Baltimore. They was out there in New Orleans. I know. You know how I know? Because my damn roommates was from there. <laughs> I was in that motherfucker. I felt like it was prison. It was a bunch of niggas. We was all doing time. <laughs> all them boys was from Georgia. And not the good part. <laughs> you know what white boys they had up in there with me? Once again, not the ones from Palm Springs. Them ones from uh, South Texas where they hang them boys. I promise you. Them white boys in there told me straight up, you the first black man, black boy I ever talked to. What? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, yo, my military career was crazy. <laughs> I remember, yo, Hanks, what up, man? I got it. God, I probably should have said his name. But <laughs> I, 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 I can tell the story because friends, right? Friends. I got to say that. Friends. Uh, got great guy, man. Great guy. Me and him is ironic. When we, me and him first, he hated me because I was a shit bag. I told you because I was on my own program. I didn't care about no team. It was me. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to listen to nobody. But he was the opposite. His, his father was like, uh, uh, was prior military. So he was following his father's footsteps. So he was like, uh, he was built for this shit. Like he was built to be the leader in the United States Marine Corps. I was like, fuck that shit. Um, and long story short, you know, of course, me and him butt heads all the times. So he hated me. I hated him. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And then we end up deploying together, some shit like that, and being roommates. And 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 at, at our MOS school where we in job training, long story short, he he got the team, everybody to run to their rooms to grab the white pillowcases off their pillows and they put it over their heads 
So when I walked in the room, they held the 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 white pillow uh pillowcase above their heads like a cone, like the KKK. Yeah. And when I walked in the room, all the motherfuckers screamed, "White power!" <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God. Hey, that's who y'all put me with. That's who y'all put me with. That's who y'all trying to tell me was in charge of me. Yeah. Bam. But you know what's funny? It's a lot of lessons learned. Because then you put them in the government. <laughs> hey, man. I'm just trying to get paid. Let, 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 let's move on, man. Because, you know, we ain't going to do it. But that's all I'm saying. Yo. There were more gang violence in the military in those four in my in the, my first four years than anything. People were getting robbed at the ATM on base by people in the military. Fam, I remember this like yesterday. Like blood, Crips, whatever the other gangs was, they had they whatever color flag they was, it was hanging in their river on the military base. And that's who y'all had in charge of me. Bam, get me out of here. What is you talking about? No, I ain't listening to you. Bam, it was the craziest time. So, yeah, whatever. Cameraman Steve, I, I agree with you. Listen, man, identity crisis was 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 my wake up call of how I became an entrepreneur. And why? Why? I just kept chasing the, the route of entrepreneurship and why I enjoy it so much reading about it and studying it. Cameraman Steve just told you his, his route <clears throat> and why he enjoys it and why he refuses to, to, uh, to go backwards. But there's a guy that we're about to talk about where I know one day, because I really feel like we have something special going on. The icon community that is. <clears throat> there's going to be one day I'm going to have to talk to this guy. I already know it. And talk about talk to this guy because of everything that I've already said about him and everything I'm about to say about him. See, cameraman Steve, he's going to want to take a picture with this nigga. Me? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm just going to stand on these words I'm about to give. Because this is some bullshit. <laughs> this is some bullshit, bro. <clears throat> and I try to give grace last time we had this conversation about him. I really do believe. Do you think I try to give him a grace? You probably don't know what I'm talking about yet. So I'm not going to save the question. Okay. I, I, huh? I said, okay. Yeah, I'm going uh, to wait. All right. So I really tried to give him grace last time. Fuck it. We talking about Master P. Right? And <clears throat> I feel like I tried to give him grace last time because with him in the Romeo situation where him and his son was beefing on the damn internet uh, back and forth uh going at each other and then randomly they now love each other again, which is a real thing but just the way that it played out was just like just some marketing bullshit and i think i said that too but once again i gave them grace because i was like oh, you know whatever maybe maybe i'm tripping nope i told you motherfuckers <laughs> y'all gonna listen to me so, long story short, I think I've been. I'm. I'm thinking that's the name of this damn this damn podcast. Is that long story short? Because all I kept saying, and I and I keep making it long. But um, <laughs> long story short, uh, Jess Hilarious, beautiful woman, beautiful woman. Oh, beautiful accent. She from Baltimore. Love it. 
Um, she was in uh, I got the hookup. I believe it was. And uh, was it I got the hookup? Well, I got the hookup too. I saw the article. It was some kind of skit or something yeah. that involved Master P. There you go. And and anytime this skit involves Master P, go the other way. But so um. <clears throat> So she was in, I got the hookup, one or two, which one of them, but she, she was slated to do two skits. Um, she was supposed to get paid from my understanding, 15,000 for both skit. Well, each skit. So ter- total of 30,000. Right. So she got paid the 15 K, uh, for the first skit. And she, she did the second skit, <laughs> but she didn't get paid for it. But the, the ironic part about, some of this was when she was talking about it it was kind of like in a joking manner to me when i when i first watched it i kind of just didn't pay attention to it because she really didn't seem like uh it kind of seemed like she was over it right like she was just like yo i did yeah i was a part of you know i got to go yo p still owed me 15 you know but it didn't sound like she was pressing pressing them Master P gotta go fuck that up. So Master P uh responded to and I hate this because I fucking sound like I'm 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 a blogger and I'm gossiping. God I hate this shit. That's the only thing about podcasting and I hate gossip. But I also hate this bullshit too, so fuck it. Um so Master P responded to Jess Hilarious and said something. I don't know. Don't care because it was some philosophical bullshit. And I guarantee it had God somewhere in his words. All right. Uh, and yeah. So then, and not into and to mind you, there all there has also been other people that came out and 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 said uh, he he's done them wrong. Uh, I'll let you Google it for themselves, but I think some of them was like uh, Fat Trail. Uh, a lot, some of you may not know who he is, but uh, he's a uh, he's a he's a big artist out of DC. Uh, I I love his music. Uh, Kodak Black, I mean the obvious, right? Uh, and 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 you know, there's a few others. <clears throat> so he. <laughs> When Master P fucks up, what does he always do? <laughs> he goes to the fucking breakfast club. I'm going to play a clip for you. And we gonna, we ain't going to stay here too long. We just going to chop a little bit of it down, all right? Everything that I try to give people opportunities for, it come back to bite me. And I'm saying, why? Cause I think the devil is busy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I got to stop it already. Anytime somebody mentions religion anywhere in, <laughs> to do with business or them doing something for someone else, I mean, we kind of know who the problem is, right? You know why the devil mm-hmm. busy? Because we're doing bigger things now. It's not, I'm not in the music business. I love my people. I'm not like, think about it, Charlotte, man. Everything that I done done, why I didn't go viral? Like, I'm talking about pie. I've been in the community over 24 years. I'm going to show son, you something your, right now. Your son going to an HBCU? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Better than stuff. I'm going to show you something. Sorry. I had to stop it again. 
Charlemagne's asshole because <laughs> he know Master P is full of shit. <laughs> yeah, P, go off, P. Yeah, yeah, get your shit off, P. I'm going to start right now. You're talking about product. I put out, it's a Brill book that I did with a seven-year-old kid that's blind now that got shot mm-hmm. in Louisville, mm-hmm. right? Nobody talked about that. That can't, like, whoever did this? Nobody. Fam, you sound like a president during his, his damn, uh, what's some speeches they be giving on TV, and they bring whoever the most recent uh, death is, their parents on, and said, hey, we want to, you know, just use him as, uh, I'm not going to go there. Uh, I should stay away from that. Um, But listen, fam. This goes back into a pod we've already had before in the past. And the pod that we had before in the past is marketing. Marketing is what sells. If you have to tell people, hey, I have a business, I have a service, then you're not marketing properly. Or that means you need to market better. Bro, any, yo, my issue, and I said this last time, my issue with Matt, I don't have an issue with Master P. Let me go ahead and get that out of the way. I know it sounds like I do. I don't have an issue with Master P. I have an issue with the way he uses our culture, bro. And the way he tries to frame his the way he tried to frame he tries to frame his his products and services into our culture and force it down our throats. And if you pay attention to him, all he ever does is say, look what I have, Bob Black, Bob Black, Bob Black. Look at what I have. Y'all don't support me. Look at what I have. Y'all don't do this for me. All right. I'm going to let this go rock. The Malachi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the Malachi. Look Teamwork at that. That's a real book. I never seen it. ABC book. Mm-hmm. What I sell for the kids. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. this go back for, for a wonderful cause. I've embarrassed so many kids in that city, even in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to go out in Washington, D.C. I got a school that I'm with, with other black men, mm-hmm. I'm on the board, and, and it's called Richard Wright. Why none of these kids coming out here and working with us, helping us keep this going? I'm, I'm not from D.C., but the people in D.C. know that. Let me stop that there, P. I know you're not from D.C. We know you where you're from, and they ain't no slouches where you're from, bro. I I, I know people uh, from, from, from Louisiana, boy, and they'll get you done quick. But let me just tell you why a lot of those boys probably ain't with you out there in D.C. Because I, I, I live in D.C. And I live in Southeast D.C. Fam, we got enough shit to deal with already. Fam, we got girls getting freaking robbed, killed, stabbed, sold, missing girls. We got boys out there getting robbed, killed, stabbed in broad daylight at them damn gas stations. Fam, so instead of you getting on a damn TV camera and sitting there shoving down people's throats, everything that's going on, fam, you're not the only one, fam. All due respect, I'm pretty sure everybody you've done something for is really appreciative of it. But imagine if Kevin Durant got on the goddamn camera and every 30 seconds said, look what I did for, 
for for Montgomery County. Look at what I did for D.C. Imagine if Wale got on the camera every 30 seconds he got and said, look what I did for 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 D.C. Look at what I did for them kids. You know, what I mean, people black, successful, beautiful black people came from the D.C., the DMV. Not, not even say D.C. And that's what he fucked up at the DMV. <laughs> Culture in the DMV is different, bro. You can't just come to D.C. and just be like, oh, I did this for D.C. Uh, Why well, I don't get props for this? Because that's not the way it works in the DMV, dog. Time that I put in there. So I'm going to show y'all this. And this, that's a gift for you. Proverbs. Y'all see that? 2416. Mm -hmm. A righteous man falls seven times. And Lord. then he, he arrives. He arrives from falling. He get back up. Mm -hmm. It don't matter how many times I done fell down, I get back up. And I think people don't like that because they want me to stay where I used to be at. I'm not. I'm not a quitter. I get up and work hard, do what I got to do, and that's why God keep blessing me. You think all of this is just a, some miscommunication? Though? Yes, I really do. And, but, I, and well, For people that don't know, let's, let's say Master P is here. Uh, last week, Jess Hilarious was co-hosting with us, and there was a story about Master P and, and Fatrell. 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 Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jess claimed that, you know, during taping of I Got the Hookup 2, mm -hmm. she got a, a front end of a check and never received the back end, and she stated that. So what was the communication? And Master P said, you know, I don't pay. Uh, miscommunication. Master P said, I don't pay people. It's a production company. It's my movie, but it's. Yeah, but why is we talking about that? Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. I gave you opportunity. Why is we talking about that to bring? I'm not even. All right, let me fill. In the music business no more. I'm not in the entertainment business. That's what I'm saying. So you take that and turn it into clicks. And, other, and even when she read it, I wasn't addressing that when I said people hide behind these computers and blo that wasn't that wasn't about mm -hmm. her. That's mm -hmm. what I'm telling y'all. It's all the miscommunication. What she read was not about her. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Let's let's change this, man. Let's change our thoughts and our patterns and say, how can we help each other? I'm. That is my fucking problem with Master P, bro. That is my fucking problem. With I, I just said I don't have a problem with Master P. So that isn't my problem with Master P. But his marketing is so fucking misconstrued, bro. It's so wishy-washy. It's so... His marketing itself is fucking clickbait. Bro, you didn't pay that lady. What do you mean why are we talking about this? You are becoming known for not paying niggas. What are we talking about? You trying to say they we, we talking about this for clickbait? If anything, this is clickbait worthy. Click on this and know not to fuck with this man. <laughs> fuck, what are we talking about, fam? What I don't understand. This is my issue. And then you result back into us sticking together. No, we can't. You are the reason why we can't. You are the reason why we can't even trust each other. Cameron C, please, let me know if I'm tripping. No, um, one of the biggest things in my life that I try to, you know, keep present and I expect from others is, is accountability. That That's huge for me. That's if it. you messed up, you messed up. That's it. Call a spade a spade. That's it. You didn't pay the lady. That's it. On that, stand on that. Like that's it. If you didn't do something, and they bring it up to you, and you say, "Why are we talking about this?" Bruh. I don't think that's the right answer. <laughs> Wait, 
Oh, you should start a publicist company, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck told you to say that? <laughs> Who your people? Let me not go that far. Listen. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, just accountability is huge for me in the business and in life. So uh, he wasn't accountable for it. Because, I mean, what it sounds like, he, he didn't. Like, you'd have been better off saying, like, that's not true. That's it. <laughs> that You'd have been better off saying that's not true versus why are we talking about this? So, basically, you confirmed <laughs> that it's true. And now you're going to give me a bunch of excuses as to why you didn't pay someone of money that they deserve. Fam. <laughs> what I just, and we're not even done yet. Damn. What I just listened to was somebody. Somebody be told that someone didn't didn't receive their paycheck the, the, the you know this past two weeks or this past month, and their response to their employee not receiving their paycheck is, "Why are we talking about this?" <laughs> yeah, I, I email HR say, "Hey HR, my uh, my paycheck didn't hit this this week. What are we gonna do about it?" And their response in the email is, why are we talking about this? No, their response, we should be sticking together. <laughs> all, all this stuff going on, you want to talk about your paycheck? <laughs> you don't see the papers getting low? We need to be sticking together. Sacrifice. <laughs> yo, hold on. Let me finish this shit, yo. <laughs> this motherfucker, yo. Want something bigger, man. I'm... I used to be in the streets. I changed my life. My life is about building God's kingdom now. I'm about building God's kingdom, and I know the devil gonna, don't like that. Listen. God, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to do it. One thing I know, when somebody is lying, boy, they'll tell you about God so fast and what you need to believe in and how God saved them. They get to talking about religion so fast, bro. Oh, let me add on to that. When people lie, they overtalk. Overtalk. Like if you, if I hit you and say, "Hey, I'm not gonna be at the studio today," my stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, "Okay." But if I say, "Hey, I'm not gonna be at the studio today. I gotta run to Walmart. <laughs> then I gotta go to Target. After Target, I gotta go see my mama. Then after I gotta go see my mama, you ain't gonna believe. It. I gotta go run back to the high school. Uh. I gotta teach a class. You gonna be like, bro? You just could have said you weren't gonna make it. Like, That's why it. are you telling me? He was over talking. Way too much. Fail. Okay, gonna throw my own people. That's why I said it's us against us. We have to change that, but we gotta stop allowing all these bloggers and gossipers. To start putting stuff out there and making the news. I'm just saying, even if she said that, nobody checked it or verified, but that was news. The same thing. Fam, you just fucking said you didn't have nothing to do with it. It was your production company. What are you talking about? Verify with who? That's what happened when you overtalk. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? You just said you don't pay people. Your production people, your production does. And they're gonna say we we just bloggers, we just wanna get clickbait. Yo, this guy is a walking contradiction, and this is my all right, we still got a little bit more. What you did, Envy, when you said that you hit the news to go viral for what? Oh, you mean Irv Gotti? Yeah. Oh, the reason I said it because you know, during that time I was broke. 
And well, that, you and that, you and that, was triggered by the same right, kind of and, and, that, and that money meant everything to me. Now, it doesn't bother me. Now, I don't need the money from Irv, and I speak to Irv all the time, but it bothered me because during that time, I was an up-and-coming producer. That was my first beat sold, and I didn't know the game. So Irv bought the beat. I never got a back end. He put it in so, the movie. I never got a money from it. But that bothered me because I'm like, damn, that money would have helped. Yeah, and that's now, but now I'm, I'm past it. You yeah, know, I speak to but, Irv. But I speak to them. But I'm saying, though, for that, it, it triggers something to where the world on regular, that was a long time ago. It was mm -hmm. like this was yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Even mm -hmm. all the stuff that people talked about me, that was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, mine was 20 years ago. Yes. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it made it like it's new. But I'm saying we don't need that with each other because they don't do They could stand on each cone to do all these different things. Even if they have a problem with each other, they could communicate that with each mm -hmm. other. I just think we have to stop that. We are. <sighs> Master P, thank you to black Donald Trump, bro. And you ain't. <laughs> this is my issue, bro. <sighs> it's people like Master P where we have to be careful. And it's not just him. Turn on your fucking social media. There are so many people using the black image and the we need to stick together and the Bob Black and the uh, it, it fucked me up because I remember uh, seeing this uh, when George Floyd died. Well, let me rephrase that. When George Floyd got killed. And it was so many. Which was a beautiful thing. So many black businesses being created. But the scary part about it, about it was. Some of those businesses were created to prey on the lack of resources of other black individuals. Go ahead, bro. I see it. No, I was just see? saying during that time. If you were a black owned business, like that was the time to market your business as a black owned business. Whether your service was good, your service was bad, anything that I'm not going to call it a hype train, but the, the whole strive for buying black was so strong then. And I'm, I guarantee you all those black owned businesses were, some weren't created with the right mindset. It was, <clears throat> let me tell you what we do as, as, as African-Americans that suck, man, because I see it all the time. <clears throat> we do, what we do is we prey on each other. We prey on the lack of information that we have. We prey on the lack of resources that we have. And you know what we do? <clears throat> we bottle, up, bottle it up and sell it as us sticking together. We, we bottle it up and we sell it as, let's forget about it. It was 20 years ago. We bottle it up and we sell it as, uh, it was my production company. You know what I'm saying? We bottle it up and, and sell it as, why are we even talking about this? You know? My issue, and this is why I'm I'm sacrificing everything that I have. Energy, mental, emotional, financials for this icon brand. Because I want to change that narrative. And I don't want us to have to or be forced to go in so many different directions to get information or build our own brand when we can have one platform to do it under. 
Now, it may not look pretty when we first kick shit off, right? Nothing ever does. But this shit that he's talking is exactly why we're trying to build a platform where brands and businesses can come together for real and have control over all of their destiny. The icon brand is strictly about bettering everyone that's currently on the platform and bettering everyone that's going to be on the platform in the future, right? We want to tap into all different type of businesses and services strictly based off of uh, giving resources and knowledge to people who may not understand. And And I'm being careful with my words because there's a lot that we haven't started working on and building uh in the icon mall app that we will in the future and you motherfuckers like still so i gotta gotta watch my mouth but there is a way that we're going to build this platform so that if you wake up in the morning and you don't even own a business but you want to own a business but you don't know how to start it or where to start from or what resources are available to you or who who's the best in your business, what uh uh <clears throat> uh market research or uh uh who who's who who may be killing it and what did they do? What is they what was their power shit, you know, things of that nature, things that you need to motivate you, so forth and so on. We have a plan. See, that's a little different than the shit that Master P is talking about. Right. Master P is talking about us coming together with no plan. You don't tell us to come together. You do something to make us want to come together. Granted, we should want to do it on our own toes. Right. But some people need a little extra help. And that's okay. Instead of getting on these damn mics all the time and saying black, 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 black. Stick it together, stick it together, stick it together. Like, bro, we've been doing this for how many years? It don't work. Stop. Let's do something different. Black people done died how many times? Over dumb shit. And we keep repeating the same shit. We got to do better. We got to stick together. All right. So what we're trying to do is do something in hopes that this can help the help, uh, help us in our community get connected with all the other communities so that we can become a strong force all together. So the essence of, of this pod and we, 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 we definitely went over, but uh, the essence of the pod, man <clears throat> is just don't be fooled by everything that you see and everybody that, that wants you to believe that they, it's for your greater good because in reality, sometimes it could be for their greater good financially. Don't once you start putting your identity together and you start doing things on your own and failing at your own pace and at your own rate, some of this shit just, it, it just, you see the smoke and mirrors. 
right? You'll get, you'll start to see the people who, who are faking it. And you'll start to see the people and feel the energy of the people who is really, really about, uh, bringing really about making things happen, letting their, letting their product or service speak for itself. Right. There's a reason why some of the most successful CEOs aren't standing in front of their product or when it's the front of their building saying, buy here, buy here, buy here. There's a reason. So listen, this week we're going to be doing two pods, man. We're going to deliver two pods to you this Saturday. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, because our next pod, I think we got some good heat coming on that one too, and I'm I'm, I'm really gonna tap in with I uh I'm about to call you Icon Steve, God damn boy. <laughs> uh, we gonna really tap in with Cameraman Steve, man, and uh, cause cause I got some questions. Uh, but I I think our next pod is gonna be just as fire as this one. I enjoyed this one uh just as much as I I've enjoyed all the rest of them. Um, so. Until we speak again, hey, love, live life. Y'all be safe out there until we meet. All right? Icon out.